You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Practice management software systems versus revenue cycle management solutions. They sure didn't teach us this in medical school. Welcome to the Business of Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell. We're joined today by Bob Gatewood, expert in the field of practice management technology and product development. Bob is the Director of Revenue Cycle Product Development at Athena Health, Inc., and oversees Athena's unique revenue cycle management offering. Athena is the nation's largest provider of on-demand revenue cycle management solutions to medical practices, managing over $2.3 billion in physician revenues a year for 10,000 medical providers around the nation. Bob was instrumental in the product's initial development and expansion. Welcome to the show, Bob. Thanks for having me, Larry. Bob, please, please help me explain the difference or understand the difference between practice management software and revenue cycle management. Sure. The shorthand that I use with my friends who aren't in this industry is, is that it's the difference between hiring a personal trainer and buying an exercise machine. So software is a tool, just as an exercise machine is a tool. And if you're motivated to use it, and are very disciplined about it, and also, by the way, uh, understand its limitations, then um, it is possible to achieve some results with that tool. It is a much different prospect to hire a personal trainer, for instance. A personal trainer will, first of all, understand your goals and will help you tailor your actions to those goals and will stay with you and encourage you along the way. I like to think of us as the personal trainer and a medical group's journey towards achieving its financial results. Um, and we've built a lot of infrastructure around that. So what is the, what's the primary difference between traditional practice management systems, which most people have, and the new revenue cycle management solution? Um, traditional software is, runs on a server, usually, that's in your office. Uh, it's probably sitting under somebody's desk. If you're a small practice or if you're a larger practice, you might have a, have a data center or, or a computer room. Um, you buy a license for the software they, and you, from a vendor, you, you get the CD, you install it. The, you probably bought some professional services to help you set it up. Then they leave. Maybe every couple of years they come back and, and try to sell you an upgrade or something. But they're not there with you every day making sure that the whole process is functioning and that it results in cash. Um, so a revenue cycle management service is really oriented about practices cash flow. And we want to make sure that as much money as possible is coming in and that it's coming in quickly and that there aren't any holes in the process. So let's say that um, a doctor is looking to upgrade his system or he's just hemorrhaging money right and left. What, what should he be looking for? My suggestion is, is to, first of all, um, look at your operation and your financial performance in terms of the few ind- independent variables that um, contribute to revenue. So the way I think about revenue in a, in a medical office is uh, really there are four important things to think about. How efficient you are at collecting the money that you're owed. The metric that I watch is collections per relative value unit or RVU. Um, the second thing to think about is how many RVUs you're providing per encounter. So what scope of services are you providing for your patients and is it appropriate? Thirdly, I think about encounters per hour. How well is the patient population managed? Um, How well is the schedule managed? Do you have a lot of no-shows? How efficient is your process of getting patients moved through 
the office. And then finally, hours. So the number of hours that your physicians put in in the office and seeing patients depends mostly on what their financial goals are and also how they're compensated. My partner and I like to argue a little bit about is it better to see more patients or spend more time with fewer patients? And I think that enters into that RVU thing you were explaining, and I need some help understanding that more so I can better my argument. Exactly. So I, I think about that in terms of encounters per hour. I don't think anybody wants to spend less time with their patients. In the absence of other information about it, that's often what people do, and, and, I, and I think that's unfortunate in a lot of cases. Understanding your schedule, making sure that your schedule is full all the time, that, that you are flat out for the whole time you're in the office, that, that there are never any no-shows or, 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 or empty appointments in your calendar is very important. And then also um, think about how efficiently you process patients through the office. Are there things that your support staff could be doing? Could you offload some of the work onto a, a, a mid-level provider or a physician extender to get ready for you when you enter that exam room? I need, an, I need a better answer, Bob. I want to know what to tell my partner. More patients, he says, fewer he says patients. More, he says more patients, and, and you say? I say spend more time by being able to not necessarily upcode, but appropriately code sure. because you're spending more time with the patient and perhaps determining more problems that exist may actually translate into more profit for the practice if they need ancillary services. Yeah, absolutely. And that's... Uh, so who's right? Per encounter. Yeah, so it depends on what your specialty is, first of all, and if there are opportunities for ancillaries that, that make sense that you could, you could probably do. So, for instance, in cardiology, a trend that I see recently is, to, is for medical groups to open cardiac catheterization labs. That makes a lot of sense for a cardio group. Um, ortho groups, for instance, are opening ambulatory surgery centers. That's not necessarily more time in the exam room, but it's, more, it's a more complete scope of services that you could provide that patient. So I, I think I come down on your side, which is spend a little more time with the patient and understand what you could be doing. Could you treat more of that patient, and could you treat them in your office? Thank you for siding with me. And, uh, <laughs> well, you're on. <laughs> you've got me. I'm a captive audience. I'd like you to call my partner after the show. <laughs> you are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell, and today I'm with Bob Gatewood, expert in the field of practice management and director of revenue cycle product development at Athena Health, Inc. Um, Bob, there's a lot of money being spent by doctors on IT. They are looking to upgrade their practice management systems. They're looking to get EMRs in the exam room. Do you? What do you think they should do first? I mean, get the EMR or work on you know the foundation of their practice? Yeah, and that that was that was our approach. So I, I think clearly that they they need to work on the foundation of the practice. I do not recommend that that anyone who's financial performance is not under control, um, start adding new variables into the equation. So adding an EMR is not going to solve the problem? Uh, no. Fix the problem? Absolutely prob- not. <laughs> absolutely not. Fix yeah, the hemorrhage. Adding an EMR is not, right. So if your paycheck is too small, then adding an EMR is not going to make your paycheck bigger, necessarily. There's a lot of advertising out there saying, add EMR, boost your revenue. Yeah. There are about 275 things that I would do before I got to that point. You've got to get that revenue cycle under control and really understand how you're operating on the many dimensions that contribute 
to the size of your paycheck before the EMR is even available. EMRs are great for a few things. I mean, there's certainly a rise in, in pay-for-performance programs, and an EMR is a critical component to that, I, I, I admit it. But these programs are still quite young in their evolution, and we've seen a few attempts. And some, and some of the latest programs don't require uh, EMR at all. So Medicare's PQRI program, all of that happens on the claim. So EMR is not necessary to participate in all P4P programs. What's Athena doing these days in terms of offering perhaps a hybrid approach? Well, our approach to EMR is very similar to our approach on, on revenue cycle. And we're, we're almost three years now into our EMR project. And we've got uh, about 50 physicians up and using it now. And we've got another 400 that are waiting uh, for implementation. And we're, we're getting to them as quickly as we can. And our approach on the, on the EMR side has also been to provide a service and to treat the whole patient, in a, to use a phrase. Um, so not only are we providing a piece of software, uh, EMR, that does all the documentation that you would expect an EMR to do, but we're also providing a service. And the best example of what we're doing on the service side is that one of the first things we do when we implement our EMR in a medical group is that we take their fax machine away. We take the fax machine and point it at us, and we... At Athena, we receive all the medical group's faxes, and we have people that look at those faxes and categorize them and attach them to patient records and give them priorities and put them in the, in the physician's inbox. Isn't that what a medical records department does? Yeah, but why should everybody have a medical records department? You know, we can operate a central medical records department for all of our customers at a much lower cost than they could do it themselves. And this is a similar situation with uh, practice management systems. Why should every medical group in the country have an IT department and a bunch of servers and a bunch of software licenses and a bunch of support people? You know, those are clearly things that work better at massive scale and something that we can provide to our customers. So you're right. I Listen, I'm, I agree. I would love to get rid of my medical records department, and I would love to not have a server and have someone maintain that server. Those are just ridiculous expenses that we can't afford. Right. And why should, why should physicians know what servers are? <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that's, yeah, that's just sad. <laughs> it is a very sad business we're in. You know, as soon as I get a new piece of hardware or even software, it becomes obsolete. So what's going to prevent that from occurring, let's say, if I chose Athena? Right. And that's our job. So we, ha we make sure that your system has the right, that we've applied the right hardware against it, we've applied the right technology against it, that we're able to deliver the features and functions you need to compete in the business of healthcare. And the rest of it should be invisible to you. And um, we, we watch some metrics very closely. We watch how fast the system is. We can, we can see how quickly the pages are turning around for our customers. We've designed the system and we, we manage it so that there's never any downtime. We have experts at that and we're operating at a scale where we can continue to hire them. Bob, I want you to peer into your crystal ball and tell me what you see technology-wise five years from now. Technology-wise? You know, I think most physicians will be walking around with some sort of wireless device instead of a paper chart. Uh, I think some of them will choose a, a tablet that's the size of a eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. I think many of them will choose something smaller. Um, but most of the interaction 
between the physician and the information in the chart will happen through that device. I think the, the systems that physicians will use will have evolved to a point where they're actually making the physicians faster and more efficient rather than slower, uh, which is unfortunately too often the case today, so that physicians can spend more face time with the patient and actually treat more of the patient, if not the whole patient, without sacrificing personal income. I think the, the staff in a physician's office will need to be um, a lot more um, versatile and will be more strategic in what they do and will be thinking about how to bring new patients in and how to grow the business rather than being a team of expert firefighters. Well, I hope some of your visions become reality. We're and, trying. <laughs> and I'd like to thank you for coming on the show today. We've been talking with Bob Gatewood. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, and you have been listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>